0: few years back, my uh, parents gave me this coffee mug. I don't know if you can see it or those of you online, you can see it. I'll read it to you. It says, be careful or you will end up in my sermon. <laughs> and now that I'm thinking about it, I, I think actually they bought this coffee mug for you. <laughs> it's a warning to you, to my kids, to everybody around me to be careful. But in all, in all seriousness, the best sermons, right, are always the ones that connect the truth of God's word to the way that this truth manifests itself in the lives of real people. And and most significant to us is the story of those examples that come from the people that we know, the people that we love, the people that we go to church with. And that's why over the years, some of the most meaningful messages that we hear are ones from you who have shared your stories, your testimonies, your stories of sharing as citizens of hope, of answered prayers, of ways that God has been moving in and through and around you. And we share these examples as often as we can because what I've learned as a pastor and as a Christian in just general is that God is moving everywhere, but often, The the greatest way in which for us to see the movement of God in our own lives is when we see God moving in the life of somebody else as well. And so uh, that's what we have this morning. And a few months ago, Lacey Tauscher, who's going to be sharing with us in just a minute, um, she asked me uh, if I would be willing to help volunteer with her family again for the second year in a row at an event called National Night Out. It's this Tuesday. And they're going, to be, they're going to be manning a tent there where they're handing out gun locks. And it's an effort to reduce gun-related deaths among young people. And I was reading some startling statistics this week, and just, just one of them that I read was that, according to the CDC, gun-related death is now the leading cause of death among children in the United States. Uh, That is, more children are passing away from gun-related deaths in this country than cancer, than car accidents. than a lot of the things that we think a lot about, gun-related deaths are the worst right now. And so when Lacey asked me if I would be willing to volunteer, I said, absolutely. And then I asked her, I said, would you be willing to share in church on Sunday the story of how God has led you to serve in this way? And I asked because I know part of the story, because it started back a year ago on May 24, 2022. Now, you might not remember that actual date, but I'm sure you remember what happened on that day. It was the day of the deadliest school shooting to take place at a public school in Texas in the small town of Uvalde, where 19 children and two adults tragically lost their lives, as well as the assailant, and 17 others were injured. Now, you probably don't remember the actual date because... I don't have to tell you how alarmingly commonplace these stories have become. There have been so many shootings since then, and with every one, it seems to be quickly drowned out with thoughts and prayers that quickly diverge to political and ideological noise. But for some reason, May 24th was different for Lacey and her husband Pat. They have four children of their own, And they couldn't shake the fear, not just this being possible in their own community, in their own school, but this call that they needed to do something about it. And what I later shared with them is that I believe that the reason that they couldn't let this go is because God had placed inside of them what I would call a holy discontent. It's a word that's been used a number of times, and one of the ways it's described is by St. Augustine. He said this about God. He said, You have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. Now, often I think of these words when I'm feeling worried or anxious because it reminds me that Jesus invites us to find our rest in him, and that's true. Just read Matthew 11. But sometimes our restlessness isn't due to worry or stress. Sometimes we're restless because of a holy discontent. Now, to be discontent, by definition, is to be dissatisfied with something that you know isn't right. And what makes it holy is that it's something that isn't right with God. It breaks our hearts because deep down we know that it's something that breaks God's heart. And since we're not God, we can't possibly feel that way and carry that kind of weight about everything in every broken place in our world. But God does often place a unique burden on us for certain things that just won't go away. And the task of faith for the people of faith is to listen to those moments and often to step out and act in ways that we don't even know where they're going to lead As we say, here I am, Lord, send me. And that's the story of Lacey and Pat this last year. And it's led them to a place where they, again, are going to be invited to come back for the second time to hand out gun locks at the National Night Out event. But it didn't start that way. It started with two broken hearts of two parents who wanted to bring the hope of Jesus into a broken world. And so I've invited Lacey to share that story and where it began, and I'd like you to give a very warm welcome to Lacey Tauscher.
1: Hello, everybody. Uh, Again, my name is Lacey Tauscher, and I've been attending St. John's for about five years now with my husband, Patrick, and our four kids. That's a picture of us. You probably wouldn't recognize us because we are that family that likes to come in Really quickly before the service starts, sit in that very back corner back there, and then when the service ends, we're out. So much so that when Pastor Tom makes it to the staircase, we've already been gone. So if you don't recognize us, that's who we are. So you can imagine when Pastor Tom asked me to come up here and speak to you, my first response was, "Ah, no, thank you, because I like to stay in my back corner of the church, and I like it because it's safe there. Um, I want to shore, sh- share a quick story about how we came to St. John's. I think it, it was very unique. Um, we actually moved to Elkhorn probably about five, six years ago, and we live out by Sunset Park over by the baseball fields, and we were out in our backyard one day. We were in a place where we were really trying to find a church. Uh, we had gone to multiple churches, couldn't find one that aligned with how we wanted to live our life in faith. And so we were in our backyard and we heard worship music and we're like, oh, wow. And so we're dancing with the kids and I was like, where's this coming from and who is this? So looked it up online and found that it was St. John's and they were playing at Sunset Pool. And the cool part about this story is, is when I was writing this down, I even said to my husband, I'm like, have we ever heard music where you could distinguish what song was playing or even who was playing? And we have never. So I'd like to think that St. John's and God and the angels were literally calling us to be here. And this is where it's brought me to this moment right now. So I thank you for listening to me today. I'm very nervous, so <laughs> please go easy on me. Uh, Pastor Tom, he had spoke about Uvalde. And really what happened that day has created where I am right now. And it's, this is what I'm going to talk about today, transpired from that. Um, All tragedies, no matter where they are or who they're with, they're devastating and heart-wrenching, and for whatever reason, some tragedies or some situations just collide with our soul so much harder than others, and this tragedy was that for me. As I read and I watched that day, the devastating timelines of events that happened, I literally wept deep within my soul. It just hit me so harder than I even anticipated for it. And like all gun-related violence and tragedies, these were preventable. This was beautiful 19 children who were in their classrooms that lost their lives violently. It was their two teachers who were dedicated and loving, and it was the severely injured of 17 others. And it even goes beyond that, right? It's not just those stats. It goes beyond that into, it's their parents and their families now that have to live without these children and these loved ones in their lives. It's The students and staff that day that went through horrific things that now have to live with these traumas and face a life completely changed by what happened. It's a community that's been torn apart by grief and just deeply scarred from this. It's the first responders who have to now carry what they witnessed and experienced through their life. And it's us as a humanity, right? It's us feeling utterly and desperately hopeless when we're watching this play over and over and over again. And honestly, when we look at something like this, or how to solve it, it feels like it is so big. It is almost insurmountable in the things that it feels it would take to make this stop. And like Pastor Tom said, it has become political and dividing. And really, it's not. It's really simply just about protecting our kids and keeping them safe. And in my opinion, it's just taking small, necessary steps to try and prevent these kind of things from happening again. And so in the way that God does, and what Pastor Tom is calling it, your holy discontent, this burned at me. It was something that I could not shake off with prayers or tears or thoughts. It literally was deep in my soul, and it just would not let me go. And I tried to stay quiet in that space of trying to listen to my soul And really the spirit told me not to look at the big picture of everything that seems so big and insurmountable, but really the small space. What can I change within the small area of our community, of where we live, where we work, where my kids go to school? What can I do here? And so that Tuesday night, like all parents do after something like this, we tucked our children into bed with grateful and thankful hearts that they were there safe and they were sound. And my husband and I had to have some heavy talks that night. And it was where we faced each other and we said, what are we going to say to our kids if someday or even now they ask us, what did you do, mom, dad? What did you do to try to prevent this? And we we couldn't be okay with saying that we didn't do anything. And so I do want to say thank you to my husband because I don't know if anybody out here is like this, but I'm the kind of person that's constantly coming to my husband and being like, you know what we should do, dot, dot, dot. Like, we really should do this, and I'm always a big planner, and he's really, I'm very thankful to him for always listening and being the person that I can bounce ideas off of, and he'll really help me through actually going through with it, so I'm really thankful to him. But that night, we did that, and we had big plans, and so we devised this rough plan. We created a mission statement for just two people in our living room, And it was to try to hold ourselves accountable. So we committed that call to action. Even though we have no background on anything, we don't know what we're doing, it was just that we're going to do this. We're going to try to do something. And so that Sunday, we went to church, and Pastor Tom talked about Uvalde, and we could hear that in his soul, it was burning deeply within him as well. And so out of our complete character, we stayed back and connected with him at the stairs, and to meet him and really connect with him on it and say thank you for speaking about it because it was it was hurting us as much. And to hear him speak made us feel like we were being seen in that. And really when we were talking to him, it wasn't necessarily a pastor talking to his parishioners. It was really us as parents connecting about how hopeless this feels and how we just really would like to do something. So he was kind and gracious, and he committed to coming um, and meeting us, and we talked about things, and we bounced ideas back and forth, and he really committed to walking with us through this journey, which I'm so thankful for. And we pulled together our contacts, we uh, devised a plan, and we actually got a uh, meeting with the Walworth County Sheriff, the Under Sheriff, and the police chief of Elkhorn to try to partner with them to start something big within our community that would possibly help to try to prevent these gun-related tragedies. So we went into that meeting, and I have to tell you, I was very insecure in it. This is a big deal. And it was really us trying to communicate with them what we saw happening in other communities, such as Madison and Milwaukee, and the things that they were doing and having success with. They shared their ideas and their lived experiences and what they felt would help in locally and in our area. And ultimately, they felt it was not necessarily a big new thing, but something that we have here already that we just need to, it's been underutilized and we need to do more of. So we talked about mental health and how to get resources to people. And ultimately, they offered us a space at National Night Out to give out gun locks. Um, so when I left that meeting, though, I'll be honest, I really felt defeated. I felt like, oh, just, you know, a table at National Night Out. It didn't feel big enough to accomplish what it was that we had these big grand plans for. Um, but Pastor Tom Ever, the encourager and counselor, helped me work through that. And, you know, after he encouraged us, we agreed, okay, we'll do this. We'll go to National Night Out. So we prepared again. We planned again. We did research. We read books. Uh, we received 80 gun locks from the sheriff's office to hand out, and then we bought 1,600 glow sticks, because if you've been to National Night Out, you know that you have to give away lots of free stuff. Mm-hmm. So we did 1,600 glow sticks, and each of our kids helped us attach each one to each glow stick, a little card that had information on where to get help if you're experiencing a mental or emotional crisis, which is text or call 988. Uh, that's 24 uh, 7 resource in case anybody needs that. We also cut up flyers to hand out on the P3 tip line, which is installed on all the area high school's uh, electronics. This is a way for kids or adults to safely and anonymously report crimes or concerning behaviors of peers to local law enforcement. Uh, When I was doing my research and everything, I was very astonished that 98% of the time in one of these attacks, someone in their life knew about the plans or had very concerning uh, ideas on that they could follow through with something like this and did not report the information based on fear of getting in trouble or just didn't have a way to do so. So this P3 tips line is a huge thing for us to know in our community that this is an anonymous way for even adults or anybody in the community to anonymously give this tip. Uh, So then National Night Out came and I felt super unqualified. This is my handmade sign and our tiny little tent and our limited resources. Uh, I felt overwhelmed, and we were very encouraged, though. Pastor Tom Tom came in, and we talked to countless people, uh, parents, guardians, caregivers, grandparents, aunts, uncles, uh, that really were thankful for a way to safely secure their firearms in their house. Uh, We were really encouraged by the response, and we were astonished that we ran out with about an hour left to go in the event. And so although we had all these great talks with everybody and we were really encouraged by how everybody was open to receiving one, um, it was really eye-opening for us to see how this was such a bigger need in our community than we had actually anticipated. So this year, that was a year ago, and although that we were very happy with what we accomplished at National Night Out, we wanted to do more. And so we had a year full of adapting and growing. Our mission statement had changed, had to change as well as our expectations for things. Uh, But God really let us down many different avenues and ways to help schools become safer. There was paths cleared for us in places that we weren't even considering And we ended up helping small private schools that didn't have as much financial resources as its public counterparts do when it comes to school safety. We actually helped Faith Christian School put up bullet-resistant film along all of their main entry windows uh, to help them protect them, as well as our Redeemer School. We put up bullet-resistant films as well on their uh, glass uh, windows within their entryway and their main office. We helped Delavan Christian School install a WAVE system program, which is buttons that go into each classroom and main areas. And this button, when pushed, instantly alerts the emergency responders and SWAT team of a critical incident, and they will be responding within 90 seconds. So with that, we also helped them update their school safety plan and trained the staff on active shooter drills and uh, school safety preparedness. And now we're a full year here, and National Night Out this Tuesday. Uh, We actually have an official name this year. We've upped our game. I got an official banner instead of my hand-drawn one, and we are now safe and secure pledge. Uh, We have about 160 gun locks to give out, which is double the amount that we did last year. We're really excited about that. And we are also raffling off a large gun safe that can hold five long rifles as well as six handguns. And we're praying over each and every one of these that these will reach the people that really it needs to be to go to to protect these kids and vulnerable uh, people. Um, so while also that, we're encouraging everybody who stops by our tent to take a pledge, uh, especially adults if they own, safe, or own a firearm that they'll, uh, they'll lock it up with safe and secure by locking them up um, and keeping them out of hands and children. As well as kids to take a pledge of not touching any guns and to tell a grown-up if they come across one. And because apparently our life needs more cowbell, and Pastor Tom has one, we're going to be ringing that every time someone takes a pledge. So hopefully at National Night Out, if you hear cowbells, it's for that somebody has taken the pledge to keep their kids safe. Um, But I want to be honest, this year hasn't been just like easy and got everything done and it was It had a lot of setbacks. There were many things that we planned that didn't work out, a lot of plans that we had gone with and had to stop in the middle of and pivot and go a different direction. Um, And really, it was not easy. And so in doing this, when Pastor Tom asked me, it really required me to reflect on all that we did this last year. And I was really shocked when I actually put pen to paper and saw what we did accomplish within one year. Um, and I'm really, it's because God has blessed us with multiple resources, people, places, and encouragement to accomplish what we have. Um, and like I said in the beginning, when Pastor Tom asked me to speak, I, my first intake, instinct was to say no. And I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> but like his pup says, be careful, because he's very encouraging. Uh, So here I am and how often though do we all want to do that prefer to stay in that back corner of the church and stay where it's comfortable and stay safe Um, But I've learned though and I'm continually learning uh, That those places where I'm uncomfortable or out of my comfort zone like right now. It's helping me expand in my personal growth and it's where I'm being stretched in my faith and hopefully prepared for bigger things that God has for me in the future and my best friend wisely told me in preparing this when I was sharing all my fears and you know, worries, she said, you know, God does not call the qualified, he qualifies the called. And I really hope and I pray that he forever qualifies me. I hope that he will continue to take my soul and continue to make it burn in those things that I see and that I will step forward and actually do something so when I'm speaking here today, it's really not for you to hear what I've accomplished. But really, truly, I just hope that it would inspire you to hear that call or your soul or your spirit's discontent. And that it will encourage you to know that even if you feel underqualified or even if you've got a handmade sign and a tiny little tent, that you can take those small steps. You, In whatever situation it is that you're feeling it, you can do it. and. Because I guarantee you, each and every one of you, he wants to qualify you. So, thank you for your time, and I appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Lacey, thank you. I I keep, you shared a little bit about what you were going to share earlier this week, and I kept thinking about that last phrase you said. God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. And... That reminded me of a scripture that came up in my devotional on Friday, actually, from Paul's second letter to the church in Corinth when he says this. He says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. This says a lot to me. One thing it reminds me of is how we all long for that new creation where things like school shootings will never, ever happen again. Paul even refers to that at the beginning of chapter 5 when he says that we groan, we long for heaven. And yet the words continue and he goes on to explain that in Christ, We also, at the same time, already are a new creation. That this new isn't coming. We don't have to go to it. It's it's already come. It's already here. And then I think about what it means to reconcile. Literally, the word reconcile means to remove hostility. So what Paul says is that That God, through Christ, reconciled us to himself. What that means is there is no hostility between you and God. You you could not possibly be more forgiven, more loved, more redeemed than you already are. More made new. And sure, our, our earthly body, which is a tent Paul describes, will fade. And we have a dwelling in heaven that's true But until then, we are also told what's true is that God's literal presence, God's spirit dwells in us. And that means that we have work to do. That just as we have been reconciled to God through Christ, we now have the ability and the calling to go and reconcile the world to himself as well. That's our ministry. And for Pat and Lacey Tauscher this week, this Tuesday, the Ministry of Reconciliation looks a lot like a gunlock that they're handing out to people at National Night Out. And so what I want to leave you with this morning is, is, what does reconciliation look like in your life? A good place to start might be to ask the question, what holy discontent is burning in me, God. What broken place in this world just burns a hole in my heart because I know that it's burning a hole in your heart as well. there's a place like that for you, that might be a good place for you to begin asking, what can I do next? Here I am, Lord. Send me. Let that be our prayer. from evil.